Welcome everyone to Healing Hope and Restoration. I'm your co-host Tiffany. And I'm Howard. And Howard, today we have a special treat. We have a guest in the office with us. Yes, and uh, this particular guest is not only a very close friend of mine, but a highly respected colleague, and he speaks truth to the topic that we are going to cover today. Absolutely, and I say kind of like the king of mindfulness, I think, in our office. <laughs> He's really great. And so welcome, Marty Hansen. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Wonderful. So we appreciate you sitting down with us. And so to intro today, we're actually going to talk about how to motivate kids. Mm -hmm. We're getting close to the beginning of the school year. I think as we're taping today, the largest um, school district in our area is actually starting school today, which is pretty early. And the other school district is going to start within the next couple of weeks. And so as we get started with the school year, you know, the question becomes, how do we get our kids to really get back into those, those routines, doing the things that we want them to do from mm -hmm. chores to schoolwork? Mm -hmm. Right. To pretty much anything that they more than likely don't really want to do. Mm -hmm. So Marty's going to talk to us about that today. But before we do, Marty, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and what you treat? All right. Well, I see uh, kids, families, and adults. Um, I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor. And also I'm a certified dialectical behavior therapist. And so a lot of my groups are DBT or outcome-oriented, skill-based work and I do a couple social skills groups uh, for uh, kids, teens, and I do a couple dialectical behavior therapy groups for adolescents and their families and uh, also uh, adults. And that keeps me very busy. It does. And you may not need any more referrals, but folks, Marty's really, really good at what he does. So uh, I can attest to that. Um, Way back in the day when we had our radio show, uh, I remember interviewing Marty, and we talked about dialectical behavioral therapy in the Bible, mm -hmm. and another day, another time, but mm -hmm. I remember that, and that was good, Marty. It was a fun fun episode, it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing another podcast coming out of this. I'm thinking so. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So, Marty, kick us off. Tell us about how we can get our kids motivated as we get into the school year. Yeah, well, there's three main uh, um, factors that really helps families uh, get together, and I call it the three C's. Okay. The first C is communication, Ooh, and that is, is it gets families talking better together. Uh, the second C is coordination which helps uh, uh, clarify and assign roles in the family. Like if you do this and we do this together, we're going to make things work because that's the last part, collaboration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we get every, if it, you do your part and I do my part, we get our work done, then we can have fun. You know, that has me thinking when I was growing up, um, probably just, at, I think in elementary school, my mom would always tell me that it was my job to go to school and it was her job to go to work and kind of make a living for us. Mm -hmm. And so I think there was one day where for whatever reason I had to go to school and she wasn't going to go into the office. Maybe she had a day off. Mm -hmm. I had an appointment. I don't recall what. And I looked at her because she wasn't, my mom was in the military, so she wasn't dressed in her fatigues that day. So I knew something was different. And I was like, mom, are you going to work? And she's like, no, Tiffany, I'm not going to work today. I have something else to do. And I looked at her and I was like, but that's your job. <laughs> that's your job. Like, <laughs> I'm doing mine. Why are you not doing yours? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you were just a little kid. Huh? I was just a little kid, but we had we had those roles. Mm -hmm. My job, her job. 
I think so. I think it's very important where a kid sees a, sense, a purpose and, and meaning in what they're doing too, even as a little kid. I think it's very important. Absolutely. And, yeah, and I think that um, in a day where kids are unmotivated, mm-hmm. um, I've talked to college presidents, Marty, and kids who were uh, born not too long ago and are entering college now. Uh, these presidents that I've talked to said they find that these young people are totally lacking in motivation and drive. Mm-hmm. So how much more important it is to talk about it when they're at elementary age or high school to begin to realize, hey, we've got to do something to help them develop mm-hmm. so that they, when they get college age, mm-hmm. they're able to navigate college and navigate a career. Uh, because right now that seems to be problematic, at least with the college presidents I've spoken to. Well, I can see that happening uh, because I think it, when the kids feel that sense of of, uh, in, of uh, purpose and a need to be more independent uh, financially, emotionally, uh, that they can have that deeper sense of, of uh, maybe a little bit of pride, but also a sense of uh, of, uh, of of calling. Yes. Yeah, that. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it starts when they're little, right? Yeah. I think that's huge. You said a big word, purpose. And I've seen so often in my office, um, Mm -hmm. particularly young adults, as Howard, you know, you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. with just a lack of defined purpose. And it's like, what do I live for? Which leads to maybe a lot of more like reckless behavior and decision making because, you know, why not? What am I doing? There's no goals. There's no direction. And that's really tough. Right. And so, uh, well, and then years ago, I was troubled, like, okay, how can I really help families? Because I do a lot of family work. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can I help families with this motivational factor? Mm. And how could I spell it out or get that across to families? And I've had a lot of teens say, well, this isn't fair. You know, she gets stuff, <laughs> you know, and they're fighting over what's mm-hmm. fair or not. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I thought, and then meanwhile, I'm helping my kid years ago with his algebra homework back in, and uh, he's in junior high age or whatever. And uh, um, as we're doing that, we're doing equations. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with, and I was thinking, well, shoot, uh, this is a, a good idea. Maybe we can put, um, uh, you know, an equation into this to help spell this out because we're looking for balance mm-hmm. and uh, uh, balance is huge, especially in dialectical behavior therapy. So uh, this was it started in my adolescent group, you know, and they're talking about being treated fairly. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we, we identified this as a formula. And so now we call it the family formula and sometimes the family formula for fairness, whatever in that nature, but the family formula. And so that equation looks like um, a, a balance of what kids want and what parents want. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and trying to find that balance in there. So I ask kids, what are two things that you want? What are the two main things? Money. Yeah, money. <laughs> but also, when they're little, it's more important for F. This is freedom. Freedom, yes. They want to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if if I'm any litmus test for this, I remember at a very young age wanting that, mm-hmm. like five or six years old, I was aware that mm-hmm. I wanted freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
you, you certainly that's normal, but I'm mm -hmm. guessing that in order to find motivation, that has to be harnessed a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it has to be harnessed, and uh, and that's all. They're uh, they're next to each other, which back in the old algebra terms was multiplied. Yeah. So, um, you know that right now they want a lot of freedom as little kids mm -hmm. because they don't have much. Uh, but then when they get older, they, they got more freedom, but money is more important, mm -hmm. you know, even in college age, you know, money mm -hmm. is more important. So you see that that may change over time, mm -hmm. but it's all proportional, you know. So that's one side of the equation. That's what kids want. Now, the other side of the equation, what do parents want? And it usually comes down to two things, too. Yeah, one big thing I hear a lot of my parents almost command from their kids is respect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely want their kids to respect them. Mm -hmm. The conversations we often have centering around that is, you know, your kids really do have a need to respect you as much as you have a need for them to respect you. But more than that, they have a need for you to be respectable. Mm -hmm. And that really drives the respect they have for you. Well, yeah. And uh, so I say respect uh, is the R on the other side of the equation. But I have R to the third power Ooh. because I do respect for God and his rules because we're called to honor our parents, Absolutely. you know? Mm -hmm. So it's one of the commandments. So uh, I say respect to the third power. R is, so the first one is God. The second one is respect to others. And that includes their parents as well as their siblings and others at, at, around them. And then to the, the last uh, uh, respect factor is to themselves. Mm. And, and it's so important, especially I've seen this in girls uh, when they're kind of growing up and they're not always respecting themselves. So like what, you know, and even a little kid, it starts off, did you brush your teeth today? <laughs> you know, oh, you know, you're learning to potty train. You know, those are respecting themselves right. Right. in those things. Yes. Uh, and then when they get older, you know, what they put in their body and how they take care of themselves, you know, it's just so important. Yeah. You Body's know, temple. Th th that factor, Marty, is, is so powerful. I, I, Maybe you've seen this. I know there's in between, but sometimes mm -hmm. parenting is, is like lockdown control, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's too laissez-faire. Mm -hmm. And at least in the adults I've seen, I've, I've witnessed that. And when you and I were working in the same office, I made many referrals to you and you to me when we saw those extremes. And it sounds like you're trying to find that balance of letting a kid be a kid and at the same time, putting in some boundaries that help them to respect themselves. Yeah, and those boundaries are very important. And then if you remember, uh, in addition to respect, there's another thing that parents normally want. And we kind of talked about a little bit when, Tiffany, when you were talking about with you and your mom, mm -hmm. which is, what is your job? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And I... I agree that it, that is important, that sense of being productive. And that's the P on the other side is productive of I the like formula. Yeah. So are you productive in, in doing your job at school, but also uh, at home? Mm -hmm. You know, are you picking up after little kids? Are you picking up after yourself? And, you know, um, those putting your toys away, all those kind of things. It starts young, but then also, you know, you want to, you know, increase that at, at home. So, so are you doing your job and are you being respectful? are basically two things that 
kind of, can you think of anything else that parents really want out of their kid? I think that's a good boiling it down to two. Thank you for the, even the description of respecting yourself. I'm a mom right now of littles. I have three, four and under at this point in time and really framing for them early on the idea that even respecting yourself is, you know, go to the potty when you need to go to the potty, you know, brushing your teeth, which they're always excited to do right now. Not so much with the potty and just teaching them that, you know, from a young age. And you're right. Productivity starts young as well. Like my girls are old enough that, you know, when they change out of their clothes, like go put it in the dirty clothes basket. Those are things they can do. They could put things into the washing machine. I mean, I got to start it. They can press the button, but there's a lot of things that they can actually do and are excited to do when they're younger. Mm -hmm. That really can establish the whole idea of being productive and having a sense of purpose and feeling good about it. Well, you know, as I think about that, Marty, um, I don't want to get maybe too far out in the weeds here, but could we just talk for a minute about how electronics and video games might sap productivity? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now here's why this one college president I spoke to recently, university president, was lamenting what I talked about a moment ago. How are these 18-year-olds not productive, not motivated? What happened? Well, Leonard Sachs, a few years ago, wrote a powerful book called Boys Adrift. And, and in that book, he cites uh, some of the problematic areas in, in parenting and in uh, the educational institution in the United States, both lending themselves to that unproductive attitude and that lack of motivation. It's, it's really an awesome book. I'm about halfway through it. But, it, but as I look at the research, and, and he's a respected researcher, that, you know, parents, I'm sure, struggle with, well, that's kind of a babysitter, keeps them occupied. But at the same time, what, what do you see in your practice that may take away from productivity if that is overused? Put well, it that way. Well, um, I, and I just uh, recently went to a seminar on uh, tech addiction. Oh, okay. And what it does to the brain. And I know you are an addictions uh, certified therapist as well, uh, that you would probably see this, that it has a similar, it, it's, it uh, stimulates the same area of the brain as if you're smoking crack. Right. Yes. You know, uh, with the uh, interactive. Uh, like game playing that goes on. You know, if you got the TV playing in the background is one thing, but if you're interacting and, and uh, uh, with the, with the uh, uh, electronics of some sort, whether you're flipping through things or whatever, it does uh, stimulate that same part of your brain. So uh, it is so um, uh, 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 important that it can, because if you, you know, if you get, get caught up in an addiction of some sort, um, the motivation factor starts changing. It's big, all about getting, big time getting a high. Exactly. Right? And, and in that case, different mm -hmm. consequences, but what's happening in the brain, you're right. Mm -hmm. Uh, that motivation goes away. And now my purpose is this thing that I'm doing mm -hmm. and it becomes a singular purpose mm -hmm. at the extent of not doing these other things. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, your, your question is, how do I tie this into the formula? Right. And that's a good one, because what I always say is, is that um, if you notice that uh, we're going to get into uh, the part of keeping it equal. Okay. Because uh, you know that parents want two things. They want, you know, you be productive 
and be respectful to yourself. And part of being respectful to yourself is don't get caught up in addictive behavior, right? right? Exactly. You know? Yeah. And then the other side is is two things that kids want. Again, the freedom to do what they want. And that includes those addictive behaviors that they like to do. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the money to do it with, because that stuff isn't cheap. No, no it no, is not. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, enable to uh, keep them motivated in the process, I always say um, it's a task frame more than a time frame. And if they're busy working, towards getting that electronics time, and then they're, they're being productive, and they see that as a reward mm-hmm. for that time. Uh, they see that, and if you're busy keeping them uh, uh, productive and active, um, then uh, and if they want to uh, uh, play around with it for a while, then they, they've earned that time for mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. you can tie that in, but it, it depends on how busy you want to get them. Right. And right. then and then also there may be time for a digital detox and those kind of things too. It is so important to unplug at different times with the family and making uh your memories or activities and what you're doing with them more important than uh, uh getting caught up into the um uh um you know uh, the controlling power struggle of how much time. You know, you're saying mm-hmm. no, you can earn that time by what you're doing. I, no, I really like that. As simple as that may sound to us. Yeah. I think the powerful point in that is life is about balance mm-hmm. and, and life is about time management, which both to me lead to self-respect and productivity. If those two are huge factors, would you agree even at little, little Even ages? as little kids, yes. Yeah. And so they're kind of being socialized in the learning that healthier pattern of of uh that uh, I, I i you know i work hard so i can play hard <laughs> we like that mantra don't we yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> and i think that's i think that's very very important you keep saying that word balance because you know you're talking about you know electronic we're in a digital age and there, it's not going away no. so it's really important that we teach our kids how to you know use it well you know, in this life while also still accomplishing all of those other tasks that, you know, are in front of us. Like the garbage has to be taken out because if it's not and it builds up in your household, you're going to have a plethora of problems, you know, and, you know, clothes need to be washed. There are things that have to be done that are just the basics of life that we don't necessarily want to do, not super motivated to do, but there are benefits to having those done. And even I will say, even in like tasks such as even like cleaning your room, even if you have a child who isn't super motivated to do that, it's amazing. They might be able to live in that chaos and seemingly be okay with it. But when their space is clean and organized, there is a, a lowering of anxiety. There's a like almost like a breath of fresh air, even for like the messy kid mm-hmm. when you know those types of tasks are done. They overall feel better, which is inherently motivating. You bet. Um, There's those extra benefits, too, of that clarity that they can have from decluttering and that nature. But uh, kids aren't always going to see that. No. They're going to look for the easiest way out. And sometimes it's really hard to motivate them in doing that. Yeah. And so then we tie in these other factors, which is outside the equation, Mm -hmm. which is L, E, and H. Um, And those are, if you remember the laws of general algebra, is that 
L is multiplied on both sides because it's outside the parentheses. Mm-hmm. So love is the L, and love is unconditional. I love you so much, I got to keep it equal. I can't give you something without earning it, mm-hmm. you know? Right. You know, I'm going to give you love unconditionally, but I'm not going to give you freedom and money unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's... And I love you so much, I can't. That, yeah. Because you're a blessing, awesome. yeah. you know? And I owe it to you for doing that. And that mathematical property you're talking about is the distributive property. So love gets distributed across every factor in this equation, like you just described, from when I give you freedom, I'm going to do so lovingly, which means I don't give you license to do whatever you want. You know, when I give you... um you know, money I'm going to do so lovingly as well. <laughs> 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 you can paint the picture of what that looks like. Even when I apply, you know, what I require of you, like to be productive and even what I prescribe to you as, you know, a means of respecting yourself, others, and, you know, teaching you to respect the Lord ultimately. So love gets distributed among all of those things. Mm-hmm. And it's important that can we model that as as a parent, but then also, you know, yeah. uh, re- rewarding that too yeah. at the same time. Wow, uh, that's that's profound, Marty. It, on a humorous note, you know, I was raised in the fifties and the sixties, so um, I was told that the discipline I was receiving is because I was loved. I was loved a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Howard. <laughs> Me too. My dad was a, a, a World War II vet, and he didn't play. No, that either. was a different era for no, sure. Uh, I get it. Oh, I was uh, a perfect child, so I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tiffany. No, not really. My uh, my mom had the looks down, and mm. uh, and as a military mom, she was, oh mm. got in line fairly quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, I got to say, I uh, was a child uh, clinical uh, supervisor in child welfare for a dozen years, and uh, in my background, and I've worked with in foster care and other child. And you, and they said, "Well, I used to spank my kids. Why can't I hit these?" And no, you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, these right. kids have been abused. They've been hurt. And and honestly, the research has shown that when uh, little kids, when they see that if you are violent with them, you know, mm-hmm. and spanking, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. It's teaching them, when I get mad, I get mean. When I get mad, I get violent. Yeah. And, and I see that connection. I mean, Marty, that's, again, maybe another podcast, but I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I see adults, and probably you have too, who have been the product of that unfortunate uh, understanding of things. Yeah, me too. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I was to a certain extent in my life, and fortunately, I came to a point where I could see that there was there was some more balance associated with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when when that kind of trauma gets put upon a child, forget productivity, forget even feeling loved most of the time and forget motivation, because now the violent way that discipline comes across just sort of wipes out this beautiful formula that if we could even parent this with some degree of success, not perfect, that we would turn out children who would be motivated, who'd be productive, who'd be self-respective. But that kind of discipline in a violent or mean or angry sense just reproduces itself. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's shown that it just teaches, it. kids don't learn uh, uh, what, it do, what it means to really be 
uh, they don't benefit from it. They just learn ways of getting out of punishment. Punishment it hasn't shown that it, it has been effective in maintaining long-term success, but positive reinforcement does. A form of balance and also solid boundaries, loving, caring boundaries in the process too, you know. That is so huge. I'm going to let you weigh in, but like this season of parenting has caused me to read a lot more parenting books than I've ever read in my life. You know, I mean, therapists like, how do, how do I respond to a three-year-old? Because my brain was just not like wired for that. And one of the biggest things that crossed like the board has been when it comes down to parenting is like, you have to check yourself, you know, in response to your children's behavior because they're going to do things. And what you might perceive as like misbehavior is really them, you know, exploring the world, trying to figure out, you know, where the boundaries, it's part of the natural process of them growing. And yes, we have to teach them, guide them, govern them, keep them, you know, out of, out of trouble. Um, at the same time, we have to constantly be checking our behavior so not so we're not responding in anger, particularly when we seek to discipline. And yeah, guide. and maybe to put a period on this uh, so you can move on, but um, somebody we all know and love, uh, Dr. Rudy Breitmeier, when years ago when he was supervising me for my hours for my license, uh, he said something profound, and I don't know if it's original with him, but I, he's the one that taught me this. He said, Howard, discipline, if it is only for punishment, becomes an end in itself and is unproductive. Discipline must teach something. If you want your children to be corrected from what they're doing and you want them to do better, then let discipline teach, not just punish. Amen, brother. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. Amen. That's wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so um, motivating these kids. Uh, so we know that corporal punishment doesn't work. You know, it might get their attention, but it doesn't work uh, if in the long run. Uh, but, uh, you know, pos- strong, positive, balanced approach, you know, of, of uh, earning your freedom and money. Uh, and we do it. Be, we, we set those boundaries out of love and let them know that as much as you can. There's two other factors involved that uh, uh, affect the balance, and one is effort, E, Mm -hmm. is effort, because you might have a kid that's got learning disabilities and works really hard to get a C or D maybe, just a pass, Mm -hmm. and and, you know, they put in a ton of effort to do that. Uh, and so that's going to affect how, how much freedom of money they're going to get. But uh, then the other extreme is is you might have a really bright kid that's that's uh, you know not uh, turning in half their assignments, you know they uh, whatever, and then they they ace a test and they get they somehow pass. Well, that's going to affect how much freedom of money you're going to give them as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. as you have to know your child. I was a classroom teacher for, you know, eight years. And so, and I taught math. So the idea of a formula is really, really (laughs) great. Um, But, you know, effort. And I told all of my students across the board, you know what, you don't have to achieve on the same level as the next person, even though that was probably kind of dictated within the the school setting at times. But you have to make progress. You got to make, you have to make progress. And, um, teaching them in the way that they needed to, encouraging them in the way that they needed to. At the end of the day, you have to know your kid. Yeah. Yeah, you got to know them. Um, And then the last part is hope. And a lot of times I've seen kids lose hope 
And they say, well, I've already lost my privileges for the day because I've done something respectful and impulsively, especially an ADD kid or something, you know. And and, it, and we say, wait a minute now, we can redirect back hmm. to remember, what do your parents expect of you? Just two things. You do your job and be respectful. That's it. If you get back on track, you can't control yelling and screaming or, or throwing it. That's, you're not going to get what you want. If anything, you're going to lose more. But if you... Mm-hmm kind of redirect and get back to doing your job, then eventually you're going to earn that back again. So that redirecting and that hope, that is something I can control. Yeah. And then for parents, because parents can lose hope and lose it and go off on their kids and maybe Mm. yell and scream. (laughs) Is this kid ever going to learn? Is he Mm -hmm. ever going to, you know, is it ever going to make sense to him, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, yes, I've been doing this a long time. And now I've seen kids uh, and they, as they become parents, uh, as they, uh, they come back later on. Wow. And as I've learned and seen it, so it, and the research has kind of shown this too, that if you're modeling healthy, positive reinforcement, if you're modeling a healthy, balanced approach with solid boundaries and a loving approach, that even if they don't get it as a kid, even if they, they continue to cause problems as a kid, they grow up to be better parents, mm. better adults. Wow. So they might not get it till they're 30. I don't know. But it's kind of like seed planting and harvest. The harvest comes a little later. Yeah. <laughs> like, you see the fruit come out later. Yeah. That, yeah. That's good, Marty. So I that, love that that sense of hope for parents knowing, okay, even if it feels like it's not registering. It, yes. It will at some point. Or it can. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. You know, throw one thing out there as we come to a close is I, I, I hear from, I've heard from several parents over the years, both as a teacher and now as a clinician, you know, what do I take away from them? I've taken everything away from them and they're still not motivated to do anything differently. I have nothing else. And I was like, you have to shift as you've been talking about that mindset. It's not necessarily about what privileges or even can I take away their PlayStation? Well, they're like, they don't have anything in their room anymore. Like, I can't take anything away, but what can you potentially add what about time in with you how do you help them you know reestablish a sense of hope that they can get things back because when you have a kid who has nothing to lose it's like you know what i've lost everything i don't really have anything i can't get it back you know and they just have zero hope that's a kid that will oh they will take you through the ringer because hey i have nothing to lose i can continue to make your life absolutely miserable and i'll do it on purpose because right. I'm mad at you. Right. So definitely a different way of thinking about things. You've given us a lot to consider. Well, thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our, our listeners who are tuning in just about the concept of, you know, motivating kids as we enter into this school year? Any last words of wisdom? Well, um, it's also important to model self-regulation. Mm-hmm. That kids are watching. They watch a lot more than you think. <laughs> oh, yes, they do. And so it's yeah. so important. That, and you got to own it. Mm-hmm. That this stuff, uh, it, it, it's, face it, we grow up that we need to be productive and respectful mm-hmm. in our lives. So it's really giving them skills for a long life. Right. That's right. There you go. I love you say skills, not pills. That's right. I say we're not anti medication, <laughs> but let's start with skills. <laughs> go from there. 
Well, Marty, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your wisdom with us. Folks, we really hope that you have been blessed by this. And if there's anything on this podcast that you have heard that you found helpful, please pass this on and uh, listen again, because I imagine there's a lot of nuggets in here along the way um, that you can continue to glean by maybe listening a couple more times. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And folks, as always, we conclude our broadcast with peace. God bless and shalom. The information contained in our podcast and on our social media pages is for informational purposes only. All views expressed are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which we have been, are now, or will be affiliated. The information is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition. If you are experiencing mental health symptoms, we encourage you to contact a mental health provider in your community. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room.